Welcome to the Tanya Acker Show. Here's some good news for everyone. Being kind can actually make you healthier. My next guest, Dr. David Craig, authored a study that demonstrates that being nice to other people can result in health benefits for you, for the person doing the good deeds. So here I am with Dr. David Craig, and he's going to tell us all about it. Thanks for being here. Welcome to the program, Dr. Craig. It's great to see you. Thank you so much, Tanya. It's great to be here with you. So tell us about this very cool study that you authored where it, you show that it actually pays health dividends to be nice. Tell us about that. Sure. So what we did is we uh, recruited people who were experiencing high levels of depression and anxiety, and we assigned them to do random acts of kindness for people for five weeks. And we compared that to existing therapy techniques drawn from cognitive behavioral therapy. And we found that acts of kindness actually led to greater improvements in social connection and depression and anxiety symptoms and life satisfaction and essentially a whole host of different mental well-being benefits. What kinds of acts of kindness? Because as I understand your study, there are some specific types of kind things that can really result in these sorts of benefits. Talk about what sorts of specific acts um, can result in people reaping these mental health goods. Sure, sure. So what we uh, told people is they were free to choose any act of kindness. And an act of kindness was defined as an action that benefited another person or made others happy and that involves some sort of cost to yourself in terms of time or other resources. In other words, there's this sort of self-sacrificial component to it. Um, and we gave people examples of different categories of kind actions they could do. So they could do things like volunteering in their community through a, a nonprofit or like a faith organization. It could be something like emotional support, like sending a text of encouragement to someone going through a hard time. It could also be things like helping to run errands for someone, you know, going out and getting groceries for someone or giving a ride to the airport for a friend or a colleague. But for the most part, people in our study did really small, sustainable acts of kindness. So these weren't big, grandiose things. They were just little things that would come up over the course of your day. But we found those little actions throughout the course of your day really added up over time to make a big difference. What kinds of little things were people doing? Could be anything from uh, baking cookies for colleagues to even something as small as holding the door open for someone. I know I'm from Texas and, and that's sort of a, an expectation in Texas, but I could still make someone's day. Uh, uh, just really little small things like that. I'm interested in kind of thinking about what somebody who is listening to this or watching this at home could do in this very moment, right? So say you're just at home by yourself right now. You're listening to my podcast or you're watching my podcast and you're like, huh, I feel a little down. I'd like to do something right now, but I don't really want to leave the house. Do you have any ideas? You have any yeah, ideas, sure. doctor? Well, and, I'm and actually me... laughing, but I'm being quite serious. I'm being quite serious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we've all been there. And I, and I want to, uh, first of all, empathize with that person because especially when you're depressed, doing even small actions that you were able to do before can feel like you're trying to climb a mountain. So something as small as making a sandwich feels like it's just this massive undertaking. And so what I would recommend is start with the smallest 
kind action that you're willing and able to do. So again, you don't need to go out and solve world hunger or start a charity. You can do something as small as saying hello to your neighbor and just telling them, uh, paying a compliment to them, texting a friend, a family member or a friend, something nice that you appreciate about that person. Those little things that don't take too much time or effort can still make a big difference. So anyway, to short answer, grab your phone and text a word of encouragement to someone. It's a good place to start. I think that's great advice. And to be sure, the point you just made is an excellent one. Sometimes a big part of depression is I just don't feel like doing anything. I mean, people just don't feel like doing anything. But one thing that's easier to do, you know, when you pick up your phone while you're scrolling through all of that, those Facebook pictures from other folks who are trying to make it sound like their lives are better than they are. Right. Uh, maybe also send a text message to somebody who also might be feeling a little blue. I think that that's helpful. Talk to me, uh, Dr. Craig, about why you did this study. I know that this was a part of your PhD dissertation. I'm calling you doctor because um, I assume that you got it, correct? Yes, yes. Yay! Um, as, uh, absolutely, yeah. As, as my Yay! friend who's also a PhD likes to joke, I'm, I'm a doctor, but, but not the kind that can do you any good. So don't ask me to do CPR on you or anything like that. <laughs> but, uh, no, but, but you're the kind of doctor that is helping people overcome really serious mental health issues and sure, showing sure. people what are sometimes what might be uh, a, an easy way forward. So what motivated you to do this particular study? I was really sitting down and just reading broadly in the literature of what am I going to do my dissertation on? Many people who go through a PhD program go through this phase of what in the world am I going to study? And I really wanted to uh, do something that would promote flourishing in, in life. And so I started to look at the literature of what is the number one ingredient that seems to promote flourishing? And what I kept coming across over and over and over again is this finding that it's really social connection that is perhaps the number one ingredient in life for flourishing and well-being. Uh, there's been famous studies looking at social connection versus other things that we often assume promote happiness, like uh, your physical attractiveness, your, your income, your academic achievement, like GPA. And what they found is when they've compared all these factors, social connection always comes out on top most of the time uh, for the thing that most impacts well-being. And then I started looking, okay, if social connection is the most important thing, what are our current interventions doing in terms of social connection? And to my surprise, what I found is that many of our best research techniques, like those drawn from cognitive behavioral therapy, were not especially effective at improving social connection. So then that got me to thinking, okay, what can do a more uh, effective job of tapping into social connection? And that took me into this literature on volunteering and acts of kindness and pro-social behavior. And there was uh, a few studies that suggested that acts of kindness might improve social connection, but no one had ever really tested it out with people that are actually reporting uh, serious mental health symptoms. And so that's where all those strands of thinking came together. The light bulb went off and I thought, ah, here's a, a gap in the literature I can fill. And, uh, and it all came together that way. What is the scientific basis for this. I mean, I, 
know enough about the brain just to be dangerous, right? So there are these (laughs) parts of the brain that are triggered by exercise, like exercise makes you produce the happy hormone or um, (laughs) see how much I know (laughs) just barely enough to actually, I don't even know enough to be dangerous, but um, I think you get where I'm going. Is there a scientific or a physiological basis for any of this? You know, does being kind do something to our brains that wouldn't otherwise happen or that doesn't happen in the normal course? Sure, sure. And, and I'll give the disclaimer, too, that even, even as a clinical psychologist, uh, there are folks that specialize in clinical neuroscience who could really go into the, to the weeds with this. I'll say, from what I, I do know, uh, that acts of kindness does tend to stimulate the release of a, a neurotransmitter um, known as oxytocin. Um, sometimes it's called the, the cuddle hormone. Um, and it's essentially uh, what gets released when there is a social bond being formed between people. Um, and it's kind of associated with this kind of warm, euphoric feeling of of having intimacy with another another person. And so doing kind actions, I know, has been known to release that uh, that hormone of of oxytocin. At a more psychological level, there's a famous theory of well-being known as self-determination theory uh, by Ryan and Desi, who are two psychologists. And essentially, the theory states that human beings have three fundamental psychological needs. That's Autonomy, the freedom to choose our own actions, competence or the the sense that people are are good at something, and relatedness, in other words, uh, feeling like you have a sense of connection or belonging to other people. And part of why I think acts of kindness is so powerful is that it seems to tap into all three of those. So you have the autonomy piece. I'm freely choosing to do this kind action for you. It's not something I'm being compelled to do because of uh, a work obligation or something like that. Uh, you have the competence piece where when I do something kind for you, I actually start to see the difference it's making in your life. And I, I have that that agency, the, the the ability to make a change in other people's lives. And then, of course, you have the relatedness piece, which is I'm connecting with you because I'm doing something for you that's a little bit out of the norm. And it, and it is a really kind of warm, intimate experience in that sense. It's interesting when you mention those three essential pillars Because when you hear people who talk about struggling with depression or anxiety, it tends to be one or all, one, two, or all of them that are missing, right? Like people feel isolated. People don't feel good about themselves and they don't feel in control. So doing these acts of kindness, being kind uh, in the way that you're describing um, is a way to activate all of them. Uh, that's that's so interesting. Talk to us a little bit about some of the real life therapeutic applications of this study and tell us how you are taking this work forward. So I think one of the findings that my advisor and I who worked on this were most excited about is that we know with our mental health infrastructure in, in the United States that we just don't have enough therapists to go around uh, for everyone. There's just... Uh, Not everyone has access to a therapist. Not everyone can afford therapy. And so in this study, um, all three conditions that we tested were largely self-driven. People did them on their own without having to meet with a therapist. And so what we're excited to see is that something as small as acts of kindness on a daily basis can still add up to have a huge impact, even if you're not able to get in to see a therapist. And so I'm I'm hoping uh, people take that message to heart. In terms of Extending the findings of this work, what I'm starting to do is I now work for the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs in uh, in San Antonio, Texas, 
And we've started some pilot projects where we're adapting the findings of the study into a, a group for veterans with uh, serious conditions like schizophrenia and bipolar disorder, where uh, social disconnection, feeling cut off from your communities, is one of the most prominent features of those conditions. They can be very isolating experiences. And so we're starting to um, recruit veterans with these conditions and encouraging them to do acts of kindness and volunteer in their communities. We're still collecting data, so we can't speak to the findings yet, but we're starting to get some really positive feedback from the participants saying that this was something very different from what they've done before and they feel much more connected with, with people in their communities and their lives. I mean, it seems like there's no downside, frankly. Like there, you know, there's very little downside to uh, doing a little something nice. And based on your work, there's upside, you know, there's real world tangible upside. Dr. David Craig, also thank you, by the way, uh, thank you and thank those men and women who you, uh, for, with whom you work at the VA, thank, thank them for their Absolutely. service. And thank you for being here. This was really fascinating. I mean, I think sometimes it's good to be reminded that it's a good thing to do nice things. Um, it actually, uh, it, it, it reaps dividends. It pays dividends. Uh, Dr. David Craig, thank you again for being here. Your study is fascinating. And I think that uh, reminds us all to keep trying to pay it forward. Thank you so much, Tanya. I appreciate your interest in our work. And I, I love this discussion. And uh, it was great to be here with you. <laughs> 